You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, Steve Peters as always, but today we are very excited to be joined by a special guest, Tempe Mayor Corey Woods. Mayor Woods, thank you so much for joining the PHNX Coyotes show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're obviously here to talk about the Coyotes' proposed arena and entertainment district in, in Tempe. We're going to call it the TED. We're, we're very on board with that name. Uh, so let's just dive right into it, uh, starting with last week's 7 nothing vote um, for the Tempe City Council. Was that vote a reflection of the council's belief in this proposal? Was it just an approval of the process to send it to the, the voters via referendum if the Coyotes end up collecting the signatures? What, or was it both? I believe it was a couple of things. One is that I think it was a uh, the council believing that we and our staff had put together a deal uh, that was good enough to be referred to our voters for an up or down vote this coming May 16th. As you know, we worked for months and months. The RFP was awarded to the Coyotes slash Bluebird development back on June 2nd. And from that point on, we spent a lot of time working with them uh, to try to get to a place where we thought we had a good deal on paper uh, when it came to the deal points and the financials, uh, the traffic and everything of that nature. And so I think it was a recognition by the council of we felt we had put together something that was a good proposal uh, that was absolutely good enough for our residents to have an opportunity to provide an up or down vote on this coming May 16th of 2023. Mayor Woods, I know that much of this information is protected by attorney-client privilege, but in general terms, how did discovery, research, negotiations evolve council's opinion from what council member Randy Keating termed, maybe but probably not, to a unanimous decision on this deal? Well, every council member has the opportunity clearly to make up their own mind based on what they think is in the best interest of the city of Tempe and what they think makes sense. Uh, I can tell you one of the things with the Arizona open meeting law is quite honestly, there aren't many opportunities for council members to actually get together and talk about these things. So when people would say things like, well, the council had already predetermined that this was going to happen. While I can't get into executive session minutes or conversation, I can tell you uh, that was absolutely not the case. There were a lot of 
tough conversations and a lot of questions that were asked and a lot of things that uh, individual council members wanted to be included as part of this proposal to earn their support. And there were absolutely plenty of times that I can think of off the top of my head where council members did not see eye to eye on what they thought should be in a final proposal. But what I think did happen and what I know happened by the end is that council members got to a place where they all saw enough included in this proposal that was put together that they felt like it absolutely deserved to be referred to our voters so they would have an opportunity to take an up or down vote on this. Uh, but, but, I, but I think it was just the result of lengthy negotiations and a lot of folks coming to the table over time between the city of Tempe, uh, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, and frankly, even groups like Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport that we worked with. I met with them very actively uh, for about four to six weeks prior to the final vote taking place on November 29th. I think it was just sort of the culmination of all of those conversations and a lot of tough negotiations that got us to a place where we felt like we had a deal that was good enough to put in front of our voters to let them determine what the future of this project will be. We'll get to the airport in just a moment. but uh, And again, I know a lot of this information is protected, but in general terms, would you say that the Coyotes offered more concessions that were than were contained in the original proposal? I think that absolutely. And the reality is as well, most deals get better the longer you negotiate. If they're not getting better at some point, the city or some other entity would just simply cut off the conversation and walk away from the table. But the first time I actually saw this deal uh, was in early April in an executive session. You know, what what people don't always realize is when, you know, an RFP or request for proposals goes out, once that's on the street, we are statutorily obligated not to have conversations with the groups that are replying or responding to that RFP. So there was about a roughly nine to 10 month period where I could have conversations with my staff, but I couldn't have any conversations with the Coyote slash Bluebird development. And so the reality that that's just sort of how this all worked is that we, um, but when you first get your first offer, uh, you know, you learn when you've been doing this for 10 and a half years, like I have between my time being a council member and mayor of the city, you learn that the first deal you get on the, t- on the table, the first proposal is simply that it's a first proposal. Uh, and then you try to sit down in good faith over a period of weeks and months and sometimes in certain cases, even years to try to hammer out the workings of something that we think could be a positive proposal on behalf of the city of Tempe. And I can absolutely say from the time that I first saw this proposal back in early April, the proposal that the that actually has been since released on the city of Tempe's website, the uh, development and disposition agreement, which I believe is well over 200 pages, I think 203 to be exact, uh, I believe is a far improved and far better deal for our residents than the first deal that we saw back in early April. But the reality is that that could not have happened if not for all parties coming to the table in good faith and openly and honestly having conversations about what would work for all parties involved. So I'm very proud that we got to that point. It was several months of very diligent hard work by our staff and some of the outside help that we brought in uh, to be part of the team, along with members of the city council. But I'm very happy with where we got to at the end of the day. I think the deal on the table uh, is, you know, represent, represents a good project and, and especially a good enough project that our residents should have an opportunity to have their say on. 
Mayor Woods, we saw that the city council overwhelmingly and they voted for this proposal seven to nothing. But you as the mayor and your role as the mayor, will you be endorsing and campaigning for this project? And secondly, a part of that, what happens if this does not pass the referendum in May 16th? So uh, personally, I, I will not be out actively as an endorser. We are actually statutorily not allowed to go out and uh, talk about this from an advocacy standpoint, uh, because once something is actually part of the elections process, which it is, which it immediately became uh, when groups like the Coyotes and other groups uh, began to pull petitions to go out and collect signatures to have this placed on the ballot for May. So once that actually happens, uh, this becomes uh, not just simply a decision that the council's making, but it becomes an election situation. And so legally and statutorily, uh, we are not allowed to get involved in advocating for the project. At this point, uh, the Coyotes will have their own team that will go out and try to make their case to our voters. There will be other groups as well that will potentially be out there uh, talking about their position about this matter as well. Uh, so, no, I will not be out there as an endorser or out there openly advocating for the project. Uh, from my perspective, the work that uh, the work that myself and the council have done at this point is done, which was to produce a 203 page development and disposition agreement. So our residents would actually have the ability to see here is what it is that we are voting on. Here is what the council has managed to negotiate over these last six, seven, eight months. Uh, so I will not be out there as an endorser because legally I'm not allowed to do such a thing. Uh, remind me, though, of the second question you asked. I want to make what sure happens if this does not pass uh, the referendum yes. on May 16th? Uh, if it does not pass, uh, it, it, it would it would not take place. So the, there is actually something that takes place that's in written into the development agreement that says uh, if this is not referred to the ballot, the council actually has the authority to potentially rescind the development agreement. It doesn't mean that it would absolutely be immediately like auto terminated, um, but the council would have the ability to do so, uh, given the fact that the uh, president CEO of the Coyotes, Javier Gutierrez, along with their attorney, Nick Wood, came forward and said, we believe the residents of Tempe should have the opportunity to weigh in on this, and we are going to ourselves have this placed on the ballot. Uh, so, so the council would have the opportunity to rescind it if, for whatever reason, it doesn't make the ballot. But, but the reality is, let's just say uh, it does make the ballot, and it ends up uh, you know, May 16th being voted on by our residents. If it does not pass, uh, the vote is ironclad either way. If it passes, uh, that means that they would likely, I would imagine the Coyotes would break ground very soon thereafter, because, I mean, clearly they're looking to make sure uh, that from an NHL standpoint, they can meet their uh, their own uh, kind of imposed uh, timelines when it comes to trying to play a full NHL season. Uh, but if it doesn't pass, then, you know, we would obviously very much respect the will of our voters and we would have to come back to the table and figure out what might be the next project on that 46 acres of land. So either way, we consider the vote of our residents to be ironclad and we as a council will respect whatever decision they make, whether they approve the project or deny the project. I want to talk a little bit about this potential partnership with the Coyotes the Morello Group has some concerning and well-publicized history regarding finances. There have been unpaid or late-paid taxes, bonuses, contractual obligations with vendors. There have been lawsuits. There was a failed bid to buy the NBA's Atlanta Hawks in the past. Um, we've read the financial analysis that the city conducted via Beacon Sports Capital and International Facilities Group, uh, an analysis that is available, again, for viewing on the city's website. 
But other analyses of this group have suggested that Alex Morello is overleveraged and may find it hard to achieve financing on this project at reasonable interest rates. So what convinced you that those other views were inaccurate and that this deal was not fraught with too much risk for the city and its citizens? So I appreciate you bringing all of that up. And clearly those are situations that myself and the council are aware of. But I think in a situation like that, what you attempt to do is do your homework and do as much investigative work as you possibly can as a city to make sure that our residents and business owners are getting a good deal. And I can tell you in the 10 and a half years that I've been a member of the Tempe City Council, uh, there has never been more due diligence done on, a, on an individual project than the one that was before us as a city council on November 22nd and 29th. Uh, you know, everything from a uh, robust financial analysis to a traffic analysis analysis to talking about what would need to happen when it comes to additional uh, public safety response in that area should you add an additional 2 million visitors per year estimated. Uh, that work was all done. And that work was frankly not all done directly by members of our city council. Uh, we have an incredible team of professional staff members from traffic engineers uh, to people like Tom Dunsing, who's our deputy city manager and chief financial officer. I'd CPA, uh, who did all of that work. And our staff, I can tell you, did an incredible amount of heavy lifting uh, to get this project where it currently is. And when it comes to looking at things such as the financials, I trust our team internally. When I look at Tom and the work that he's done and the staff that he's built here at the city and his 30 years uh, of experience uh, in municipal government finance, as well as being a trained CPA, uh, you know, when he... When he said to me, you know, Mayor, I believe that uh, the Morello Group has the ability, if they want to, to get a deal done like this. They they have the capital, they have the financial wherewithal to make this happen in the city of Tempe. I believe him. When uh, the report, you know, that the council members had the opportunity to see from Beacon Sports that is uh, been that has worked on projects such as this one uh, for many years, when they also. Uh, give a green light saying that uh, confirming exactly what Mr. Dunsing said, that they've done an exhaustive financial analysis uh, of the Morello Group and all of the associated businesses. Uh, frankly, that does give me additional comfort. When I look at a couple of the uh, businesses that Alex Morello was personally involved in, when you think about things such as banking uh, and gaming, those are two exceptionally highly regulated businesses. Um, you know, I happen to be on a credit union board in the city of Tempe that I've been in for the last 10 years that I would remember when things like the Dodd-Frank Act were passed and there were a lot of additional regulations placed on anyone, whether it was credit unions or banking institutions, uh, to make sure that you were really doing right by the people who invest their money with you. Banking is a very highly regulated industry, uh, as well as is gaming. So I also know, I, I know that to be a fact. And so, you know, so, so from my perspective, Perspective, what you attempt to do in a situation like that, where there might be some questions that the council might have, or that staff might have, or that even more importantly, our residents might have, is you do your due diligence. Due, due, uh, due diligence. You have your staff do a robust analysis. You bring in outside entities that have critical experience to help you analyze a lot of these things and do a lot of investigative work. You also build in things into the deal. As an example. You know, if this deal, act, you know, if this passes on May 16th, the Coyotes immediately have to send the city of Tempe a non-refundable $40 million payment. 
Uh, the land would be sold to them for the overall cost of $50.3 million. But $40 million of that is frankly non-refundable. And so that is a tremendous uh, you know, concession that we were able to gain through the negotiations. And so for, if for whatever reason, let's say the deal didn't go through and we were able to get a $40 million payment, we would have the ability to take that money and remediate the land ourselves and put it back out for another proposal. That, that, that's some of the th- those were some of the things that were frankly built into this proposal to ensure that our residents and business owners had the ability to have some comfort with this. But, but the other thing is, if someone is willing to invest $40 million into the project, they're not doing it to simply make a donation to the city of Tempe. It's because they're trying to get a project actually built so they can realize some kind of return on investment. Uh, There were other things, quite honestly, when you talk about the creation of the community facilities district, that's because some people, some folks would ask, you know, very good questions about, well, what happens uh, if for whatever reason, the projections for this project are not exactly what's being, uh, what's exactly on a piece of paper right now. Uh, There are a couple of mechanisms that can be used to then recoup the money. One is that, there would be additional assessments imposed upon the entities that are within the Tempe Entertainment District to get that money back. Not additional assessments on residents of the city of Tempe, but only for the entities that are actually within the Tempe Entertainment District and within that community facilities district. There's an ability to impose an up to 6% surcharge only on the entities within the Tempe Entertainment District to get money back to pay the debt service on the bonds if for whatever reason the projections don't reach uh, what's already been outlined in some of these agreements. So the fact of the matter is there are mechanisms that were put in place by members of our staff and our outside team to ensure that Tempe taxpayers are not on the hook for this. And frankly, the only people who would be on the hook are businesses and entities that are currently contained within that Tempe Entertainment District. We really do believe as a city that you know, uh, you know, people many times talk about development paying for itself. And, and the fact of the matter is the the bonds that will be issued, which also will not be on the city's books, the, the revenues generated are going to go to pay back those bonds. But only once again, revenues generated on this actual site by the businesses and entities that are on the site. And that ensures that really it is development paying for itself. And if for whatever reason, the projections don't work out as planned or something else takes place, We've got that $40 million and we can actually increase the assessments or potentially assess that additional 6% surcharge to make sure that the bonds actually do get paid off. But that would all take place once again within the Tempe Entertainment District, not for the residents of Tempe at large. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because we've heard that this deal is privately financed. I I, I suppose technically you can say that's not really true when you consider the tax incentives for the Coyotes. That said, you've noted that the focus on taxpayer money feels like a red herring from opposition because of the way in which taxes will be used to finance this project. Can you elaborate? You you gave me a great, great quote right after the city council meeting, but can you elaborate once again for those people in the back row? How will taxpayer money be used to fund this project? And is there any scenario under which Tempe taxpayers could be on the hook for this project if they do not spend money in the district? The simple answer is no. Uh, the reality is the, the, the revenues that will be generated on site are what will help to go uh, to pay back the bonds 
Uh, you know, so so over a 30-year period, the Tempe-specific uh, revenue that will be generated on this site is estimated to be about $398 million. I think it's exactly $397 million, uh, $397.7 million, uh, that will be the Tempe-specific revenues. Of, of all of that, uh, we would net approximately $198 million uh, once everything else, all the infrastructure costs are paid off as a result of the revenues generated on the site. But once again, if for whatever reason the projections don't come back exactly as planned, let's just say the, uh, the multifamily apartments are not fully leased or people are not visiting and staying at the hotels, or let's say that uh, people are not going to games or not going to the restaurants or utilizing the other retail that's on site. Uh, the reality is any shortfalls on that front, if that happens, would not be picked up by our taxpayers at all. That would be picked up only by the actual Tempe Entertainment District and the increased assessments and the potentially up to 6% surcharge on the businesses and the entities that are contained within that district. But if there are shortfalls, if the revenues don't match the projections on paper, that would not fall to Tempe residents and businesses at large. Uh, I, I should also say, too, you asked another question up front, and I'm trying to remember exactly um Craig, give me the first part of your question. I want to make sure I'm covering everything thoroughly here. No, you are covering it, actually. I, you know, well, all I, I know it was the gip, the gip, the giplet. Uh, yeah, I know that's sure. We can, yeah, we can address that as well. But yeah, I, I just the second I asked you for clarification, I remembered exactly what I had initially forgotten. Uh, so the that that's been one of the things that's also been uh, talked about by by people is uh, the 30 year giplet on the arena and the practice facility. There's also an additional uh, eight year giplet that, that's being discussed for the apartments as well as the hotels. The eight year giplets are sort of more or less standard. Pretty much every development along uh, Rio Salado Parkway in the Town Lake area either has been or is currently on some form of an eight-year giplet. And by giplet, I should say uh, government property lease excise tax is what that uh, acronym stands for. Uh, and it's, it's basically a property uh, tax abatement tool that's one of the few tools that Arizona cities and towns have uh, for the purposes of generating economic development many times in blighted areas. Uh, so I should also say that when people talk about the 30-year tax abatement on the practice facility as well as the arena... This is currently a piece of land uh, that's 46 acres uh, that isn't generating any revenue for the city of Tempe. And when I mean any revenue, I mean zero dollars. It's not generating any revenue uh, in sales taxes. It's not generating any property tax revenue that would help our city or perhaps help our three school districts. And it's not generating any hotel or bed tax revenue. There's currently nothing going on on the site and the city is just uh, tasked with maintaining the site as best we can. So we are probably, frankly, losing money on the current site because we have to maintain all of our assets if they're currently within the city. But it's not generating any revenue for the city, once again, when it comes to uh, city revenues, uh, uh, money for our school districts, or anything else of that nature. So yes, you know, we are talking about a 30-year tax abatement on the practice facility as well as the arena, but it's a tax abatement on a property currently generating zero dollars. And so when you think about what could happen uh, as a result of that, uh, if, if this project comes to fruition, you're talking about an estimated 
$13.6 billion in revenue regionally over a 30-year period if this project takes place as planned. And once again, $397.7 million in Tempe-specific revenues, which would basically net us $198 million after everything else is paid off. So if you're talking about the potential revenues that could be generated, uh, $200 million and all of the regional impact as well, uh, it's far more than the zero dollars that are currently being generated at that 46-acre site. All right. Several opponents of this deal, well, at, at one time opponents of this deal, spoke at the meeting. And let's start with Sky Harbor Airport, since that has likely been the most publicized and vocal opponent of this deal. Uh, City of Phoenix Director of Aviation Services Chad Mikoski spoke at the meeting, and I thought he struck a conciliato- conciliatory tone. AZ Central recently published a story outlining some of the, I guess, agreements that the two sides have reached, most notably an indemnification provision. How would you characterize the current relationship with the airport regarding its concerns? And is it fair to say that the airport is no longer a potential obstacle? I would say the relationship with the airport is very good. I mean, I had an opportunity to get to know uh, Mr. Bukowski during the course of these negotiations uh, because they made it very clear that they had some concerns based on kind of the two sides, uh, different understanding of a uh, 1994 intergovernmental agreement that was signed between both cities. Uh, So I had the opportunity to get to know him and the the team at Phoenix Sky Harbor and the city of Phoenix during these negotiations. And we spent a lot of time uh, over the last four to six weeks in meetings attempting to iron out any concerns or differences between all of the involved parties. Uh, I think all of the sides clearly came to the table uh, in very good faith, you know, from Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport to the Arizona Coyotes to the city of Tempe uh, in an effort to move our region forward while also trying to make sure that Sky Harbor Airport could continue uh, with their operations and continue to be a huge economic revenue generator for the entire region. Look, I mean, we have a lot of hotels that have been built in the city of Tempe over the last two or three years. I can think about the Weston Hotel and the Canopy. We've got the Omni Hotel opening up uh, in April of 2023. Uh, Along with all, I mean, we are pretty much the hotbed for Class A office space here in the Valley right here in the city of Tempe. So we recognize the airport is a major revenue generator uh, for the city of Tempe and frankly helps us to be successful in so many ways. And so there's nothing that we would want to do that would blunt the uh, impact of what Sky Harbor's doing or would stop them from being able to uh, to uh, really have a, a high quality operation that they run over there each and every day. Uh, so, so the reality is, I would just say all those groups, you know, from you know from Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport to the city of Tempe to the Arizona Coyotes Bluebird Development, all were able to get together over the last four to six weeks and have really honest, candid conversations with one another. Uh, but we came, uh, we really came to some very mutual understandings about uh, how this project could move forward and how we could continue to move forward together as a region. So, you know, while I know that the uh, airport still has to have, you know, sort of a formal opposition on record, you know, due to their sort of different understanding of what that intergovernmental agreement says. You know, I was very pleased to hear Mr. Bukowski talk about that he basically felt the the major issues uh, that we were sort of going back and forth about had been resolved 
to his and the airport satisfaction. And I think that speaks very highly uh, to the work that we did here at the city of Tempe, uh, as well as the Coyotes and as well as Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport and Mr. Bukowski himself. I really all, you know, parties that work together on a regular basis. I mean, every now and then we're going to have different understandings of agreements and uh, we're going to have sort of different goals and priorities. But I always believe where there's a will, there's a way. If people want to sit down in good faith and have conversations and see if they can come to a resolution, I think that resolutions can be reached. And I and I believe that his statements at the meeting on November 29th clearly were a very positive step forward and spoke to uh, the candor and the honesty that all parties engaged in those talks. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have a great relationship with Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, and we look forward to having a great relationship moving forward well into the future. Uh, Mayor Woods, I got to Again, I'm going to ask you a two part. Sorry about that. Um, I'm going to bring up something that you you brought up a couple questions ago, and it's a word that I don't use much. It's giplets, by the way, not not a huge giplet in my vocabulary guy. But you talked about giplets. And I think there's a level of a concern that you're doing something unusual for this one entity. But if I heard you correctly, you've Giplets is a part of reality on that Rio Salado corridor for other business entities, not just the coyotes. Correct. Like there are. It's not just them. You're doing something special. This is something you have done in the past for other business entities. And secondly, this is what we hear all the time. And I hear this in my neighborhood for sure, is what are the city of Tempe going to do about the concerns of citizens on things like traffic, noise and unruly behavior? Absolutely. So a uh, couple of things. So, right. So you, you mentioned the question regarding uh, giplets. So yes, all of the the developments along Rio Salado Parkway, right next to the Tempe Town Lake, pretty much all of them at, are either currently on uh, a, a giplet, sort of an eight year abatement, or at one point they were on an eight year abatement. So the eight year abatement is a very standard one that many projects have gotten in Tempe over time, and frankly during the ten and a half years uh, that I've been a member of this governing body. What many people were concerned about was the thirty year abatement. On on the arena uh, and on the practice facility. But as they talked about, the, the thing is, the arenas don't really make money the same way that a lot of these other entities do make money. And I should point out something else that also is critically important here. Every other stadium and arena in the state of Arizona will pay zero property taxes in perpetuity, meaning forever. Uh, they will, there's no, they're not coming back onto the property tax rolls in year 31, like this arena would do if built. The every other arena that you go to in the entire state of Arizona will pay zero property taxes for their, the entirety of their life. Uh, and, and so the fact that this is going to be a 30 year abatement. Uh, you know, from my perspective, is a very different deal than every other deal that's ever been struck when it comes to a sports and arena deal. Uh, so I, I think that is a critical point. I, I think also when you think about a lot of those other arena deals that have been struck, whether you go to the arena or and buy a ticket for a game or go to the team store and buy a jersey or a hockey puck or a hat or eat at one of the restaurants in the immediate vicinity <laughs> – any of these other arenas and stadiums that you see across the valley, you are many times, whether you're going to them or not, your taxes, if you live in that city or live in Maricopa County or, or some other part of the state of Arizona, your tax dollars, whether you choose to patronize that sports team, are going to go for the maintenance of that sports arena and for that team. That's a huge difference difference between what was done in this situation. The way this deal was structured was if you don't go 
to the Tempe Entertainment District, you're not paying for it. If you don't choose to go to a game, if you don't go to the team store, if you don't dine at one of the restaurants, if you don't go to the hotel or you don't live in one of the apartments, your tax dollars are not going to be going uh, for the for the purpose of constructing and maintaining this facility or these facilities, plural, I should say. Every other arena deal in the history of the state of Arizona is structured very differently, where whether you go to those facilities or not, your tax dollars are going to pay for them, and they are never coming back on the property tax rolls. They are property tax exempt for their entire life. Now, to to, to your your second question regarding some of the other issues like traffic and public safety. Uh, So, yes. uh, So the one of the things that was in the agreement was. Uh, a payment that was agreed to by Bluebird of $200,000 annually for the purpose of doing a couple of things. Uh, It's a $200,000 payment for traffic mitigation, which the city would intend to use to, one, make sure that we can mitigate traffic uh, in and around the downtown and, of course, a lot of our longstanding neighborhoods in the the city of Tempe, but also do uh, whatever we can to mitigate traffic coming to and from Sky Harbor Airport as well, because we talked about that being a huge economic revenue generator. We're not trying to create any kind of, um, you know, kind of log jam when it comes to getting to and from the airport. Uh, And we absolutely are trying to make sure that the longstanding neighborhoods that make up the backbone of the city of Tempe are not going to be negatively impacted by this development uh, if it gets approved by our voters this coming May. So that $200,000 a year is going to go to traffic mitigation. And we've got incredibly seasoned traffic engineers. I believe three of them actually spoke, uh, one during the November 22nd hearing and two during the November 29th hearing about uh, the the fact that the city of Tempe is actively working on plans to make sure that if this gets built, it will not, uh, you know, in a very negative way, impact traffic. Now, of course, anytime you're talking about bringing in 2 million additional visitors to a site or to a piece of property on an annual basis, you are going to get more traffic in the area. No no one is trying to uh, minimize that or downplay it to say you're not going to see any changes when it comes to traffic flows or traffic patterns. Absolutely, you will see a, you will see changes. And I want to make sure uh, to very publicly acknowledge that. Uh, but I do believe that in the city of Tempe, we're a special events uh, heavy city. Uh, we just got done having the uh, Tempe Festival of the Arts this past weekend, where all the streets were closed down from three o'clock on Thursday afternoon all the way to Sunday evening. Uh, we have ASU football and basketball games here on a regular basis. We have events uh, like the Ironman Triathlon, Boots in the Park, um, you know, the Innings Music Festival. We're a city that's very accustomed to having special events, and therefore we have very trained uh, professional staff that are exceptional when it comes to helping to keep that traffic moving through our city to ensure that our residents and people coming here to do business aren't going to experience exceptionally negative traffic uh, impacts uh, when, when, you know, when, when, when events like that are taking place, many of them at the same time. So I did. So I do want to say, you know, from a traffic standpoint, that two hundred thousand dollars annually is going to help us tremendously, along with the expertise from members of our dedicated team. There's also going to be an additional. Uh, I believe the number is one point one million dollars every year for additional public safety in that area. So there would more or less be sort of a public safety substation contained within the Tempe Entertainment District 
to make sure that you have adequate coverage from, uh, you know, our police officers and fire medical rescue team in case there are any situations that arise uh, within the Tempe Entertainment District. Because once again, when you're bringing in two million additional people into an area, you are going to have to account for additional public safety impacts. And so, you know, I'm I, I'm glad that. Uh, Bluebird Development, you know, the Coyotes uh, added that additional $1.1 million annual payment in to ensure that the city of Tempe has adequate resources to put additional public safety resources into the Tempe Entertainment District if approved by voters. Mayor Woods, I know we're covering a lot of ground here, so thank you so much for hanging with us with all of this. One more opponent to discuss. Case Executive Director Brendan Walsh also spoke at the meeting. I don't get the sense that this group's objections have been satisfied what do you make of their calls? You've heard them. Affordable housing, community needs such as Care 7, senior services, pre-K. I know some of this is actually addressed. Uh, you can read about this on the website. But are those concerns still relevant to this project? Is there a way to satisfy them? So I would talk more in general, I mean, regarding some of that. But I will say, you know, there's an additional $2 million that's being, uh, that's part of this development and disposition agreement for the purpose of a payment to the Tempe Coalition for Affordable Housing, which is our 501c3 that goes to creating more affordable and workforce housing opportunities for the city of Tempe. Uh, Additionally, uh, you know, we are going to be receiving $50.3 million in unrestricted cash Uh, If this project actually goes through, once again, $40 million of that would be completely non-refundable. That money can be allocated to whatever uh, the council thinks, uh, you know, we we need to uh, place additional funds into to meet additional needs. So the council could choose to take uh, a, a substantial chunk of that money if they so chose to. That would have to be at a future public meeting and dedicate that to uh, not only affordable housing, but also human services. Uh, and I can say this council has a long track record of supporting those issues. You know, in the last couple of years since the city of Tempe has started its uh, program called Hometown for All, which we approved back in late January of 2021 for the purpose of creating more affordable housing opportunities in the city, uh, you know, we have generated nearly $20 million in cash and pledges from developments that are being built or entitled in the city of Tempe, all for the purpose of creating more affordable and workforce housing opportunities. Just last December, we spent you know nearly $10.7 million acquiring uh, an old food city site at Apache and Dorsey for the purpose of bringing an affordable grocery store back to that neighborhood, along with additional affordable and workforce housing units. We're currently working on a development at Donnell Plaza where the iconic Yucca Tap Room is at the southwest corner of, uh, of Mill and Southern to uh, not only help to revitalize that shopping center and keep a lot of the, the art and the music in the center and enhance it, but also to create additional affordable workforce housing opportunities uh, in that area. And we have several other projects that are currently in the works right now that are going to greatly increase uh, affordable and workforce housing opportunities, uh, even in the downtown area, because that's one of the things that we definitely hear about uh, from many of our of our hospitality workers uh, and hotel general managers, as well as people working in our restaurant industry in downtown, is you know everything is getting so expensive in Tempe and across the valley. What are you doing to actually put housing in and around the downtown to make sure that workers who are supporting all of the businesses uh, and the entities in downtown have the ability to live close by work? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all of those efforts have either are being done and are currently still very much in progress. So you. 
Uh, and not to mention the fact that I know just in the last year alone, uh, within my first year, year and a half as mayor, uh, myself and the city council uh, doubled the number of people who were going to be in our Care 7 unit, which is the group that helps people experiencing mental health challenges, and our HOPE team, which is our homeless outreach group. And frankly, we did that request not in a normal budget cycle. We, we did it in a mid-year budget cycle where we advanced additional money to our human services division because we recognize that we have a lot of people in our community who are extreme in extremely vulnerable positions, and we have a responsibility to help those folks uh, you know, get back on their feet or get safe, affordable housing or get the treatment and the care they need or to be reunited with their families and friends. And so those are things that are very much a part of the city of Tempe's fabric and our values. And I think our budgets have always reflected those values in a very strong way. Uh, so I, I, I do think that a lot of those things uh, are being addressed in the actual development and disposition agreement. But I can absolutely say that uh, those are those are things that I have frankly uh, you know, champion during my entire time as an elected official. And I know the other six members of council stand right behind me in supporting those values, and we will continue to do so. So the Tempe Entertainment Districts, the plans are very grand in scope. We've seen the renderings, the beautiful artist renderings. But we know from, you know, past experience that that doesn't always come to fruition. You know, Westgate, they had much grander plans that what ended up being built. So do you have any concerns or thoughts about the possibility of a scaled back development and how it might impact the project's overall viability? So what I do know as an example is that that, that the, the bonds will not be issued uh, the, the project is going to be built in phases, as you as you sort of referenced, and that bonds are not are going to be more or less issued in phases. We're not just going to the bonds will not be all issued up front. You know, we have to. That's another one of the backstops that was negotiated by our team to ensure, look, we're not going to give you money for phases two, three and four until we can see that phase one is actually built to our satisfaction. And the reality is we have the ability as a staff and as a team to review all of those plans along the way to make sure that everything is going as planned before any additional bonds are released for future phases of this project. So at some point, let's say if the market changes in some way, shape or form and Bluebird needs to come back and say, well, we need to scale something back in phase three, we would have the ability and flexibility to do that. And the bonds will have not been issued. We will have the ability to have uh, visibility on all of these plans and the ability to monitor them as they go along in real time. And so I think that's another very key provision uh, that I want everyone who's watching this to understand is that it's not just a matter of the project gets approved and all of their bond financing comes in on day one. We have written into that agreement the ability to monitor all of this in phases and to make sure that additional phases uh, do not get approved or built until you know we are convinced that everything that in the initial phases is being built to our satisfaction. And so I think that's another very critical component of this uh, when you talk about the ability uh, to have checks and balances and to make sure that what you get is a truly finished project and not something that's only done in a partial fashion. We look right now and the Coyotes are out attempting to get the 2,000 plus signatures and, and we, we're pretty confident that they will do that and this will go to referendum on the 16th of May. Do you have any sense, either you're dealing with, with Tempe residents and citizens or through polling, do you have any idea right now what, this, what the sense of the current attitude is to the Tempe citizens for this project? 
I, I'm not personally sure. And quite honestly, I mean, because I'm not involved on the campaign side uh, for any of the various efforts that are going on right now, I'm not allowed statutorily to be involved in any of that. And that's and usually the entities that would be running a petition campaign would be the ones that would be uh, doing polling. The city would never uh, would not do polling on something like this. It's just not uh, something we get into. We don't get into politicking. And so I don't have any sense uh, about uh, how a final vote would go should it end up on the ballot on May 16th. Uh, all I would have would be purely anecdotal information from residents that I talk to uh, on a daily basis. And I and and I be, I talk to residents who are on in all different on all different sides of this issue. I talk I've talked to many residents who are very much in favor of the proposal and they very much want to see it happen and they think it's a great use of that land. And I've talked to residents who are very much opposed to the proposal. Uh, because they're concerned about, you know, um, they're they're concerned about traffic issues or uh, overbuilding or a, a lack of affordable housing or previous business dealings or things of that nature. So I, I, I talk to residents as mayor each and every day, uh, and frankly, I've talked to people who are on all different sides of this issue. I know folks who are. Uh, who are super excited and will tell me they think it's the most exciting project that they've ever seen in the time period that they've lived in Tempe. And I've talked to some people who absolutely don't want it, don't want this to happen and will do everything in their power to attempt to stop it. Uh, but the reality is I respect the people on all sides of that argument. Uh, you know, the fact is this is America and, and, and people have the ability to uh, study uh, the study, the, the facts that have sort of been entered into evidence, for lack of a better term, they have the ability to make up their own minds about what they think is in the best interests of the city of Tempe and what they think will best move our city and our community forward. And they will uh, educate themselves and they will make whatever decision they think is best, whether it's to support the project with a yes vote or to deny the project with a no vote. The other thing I should also say on this front is what I really would urge everyone to do uh, who's watching this podcast or who's interested in the subject or involved in some way, shape or form with any of the various efforts or just as a, uh, you know, as a bystander, uh, you know, I would just, you know, plead with everyone for civility during this time. The fact of the matter is, you know, um, we don't need to go after people in a personal way. There don't need to be threats made. Uh, we don't need to slander anyone's character or anything of that nature or make comments that are defamatory in nature either. I think that we've got a we have a deal that's here on the table, which people will have the opportunity to study and to form their own opinions and conclusions about. All of this is available publicly on the city of Tempe's website, and people will make their own decisions. I trust our voters as I have each and every time that I have run for office to make the decision that they think is in the best interest of our community. And this project uh, is no different. So all I and I, so I and my colleagues will respect whatever decision they make at the end of the day. But what I would really truly humbly ask people for is some level of civil, uh, civility here, that we not troll people on Facebook and Twitter uh, and on social media if they, uh, if they agree with you or don't agree with you, that we not go after people in any kind of a personal way or make nasty negative comments 
environments. We have enough toxicity in our political climate, you know, today in America, and we frankly don't need to add to that with the introduction of this project. Let's all get out there, uh, you know, look at the facts and information, uh, understand the documents that have currently been publicly released, talk to friends and family, city staff members to get more information and to try to further understand, understand the project. And then we will all have to make whatever decision we think is in the best interest of our community. But let's let's just try to keep this civil as we move forward for everyone who's watching. And I want to reiterate this point, too, because this show is called The Coyotes Podcast, and I don't want people to sit there and go, oh, they're, they're pushing for this. I, I think, Mayor Woods, what you said, and we've talked about on this show before, and I, I want to make sure people understood what you said. Get informed. I, I, I don't care what the election is for or what the vote is for. We want we at this show want people to vote, but be informed. Don't don't take the Coyotes and their management and ownership group at, at their word and don't take the opposition at their word. Mayor Woods said that, and we're going to put the, all of these documents he's referring to in, in um, our description for this podcast. Please, please, please go read it yourself. And there are people that this will affect personally and they will vote no. And guess what? That's OK. Yep. As long as you read it and you understand what you're voting for and those that are voting in favor, again, please read it. And Mayor Woods will get all of the correct websites and information. We will post that because that's incredibly important. Please vote. And it's okay to vote on either side, but let's just vote. Okay, that was my pitch, Mayor. <laughs> I'm going to hand it off to Craig. <laughs> no, I, I, I... I will, I, I will back. I will back up your pitch. I mean that that is all I could ever ask from anyone uh, living within the city of Tempe's boundaries is just to you know talk to your family, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors. Uh, you know, take a look at the documents that have been publicly made available on the city of Tempe's website, Tempe.gov, and we and we'll obviously provide a much more detailed URL so you can go directly to that page uh, and just try to understand what's uh, contained in the documents. For Form your own opinion. Uh, but right, I am not here to either advocate or to go against the proposal. I'm just simply here to talk about the facts and what was done uh, by the council uh, and, and, and to talk about the facts as I know them uh, regarding what's contained in the development and disposition agreement that's publicly available. But at the end of the day, just try to you know get educated on uh, specifically what's contained in this proposal and then do what you think and vote the way you think is in the best interest of the city of Tempe and our broader community. Mayor Woods, we have taken up a lot of your time today. So thank you so much for being so gracious with your time. And also thank you so much for for such detailed information and insights. We really appreciate you joining the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Take care. Wow. Awesome. Well, thank you again to Tempe Mayor Corey Woods. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a more detailed, you know, description of everything. We really got into a lot of topics there, which we're going to dive into our takeaways Mm -hmm. in just a second. But before we do, I just want to tell everybody, if you haven't already checked out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You should do so now. There's tons of opportunities to win money on the NHL, the NBA, the World Cup, whatever it is. But if you download the app now, sign up with the code PHNX, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game. You'll get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply See show notes for details. And, you know, Mayor Woods mentioned that that document is 203 pages long. That could give you a headache. So after you read it, maybe pop an OGs (laughs) after. Just, you know, relax, take it all in. Um, We love OGs here on this show. 
First of all, they have amazing flavors, orange creamsicle, pina colada. We have the OG side counter. We we are a very pro OG's show, but they're just an amazing product. Not only do they taste great, they have great benefits as well. Um, and they're scratch made here in Arizona, which we love supporting local businesses. And they're pre-portioned out, so they're perfect for first-time users as well. Um, so you don't have to worry. So as always, you can find them at your local dispensary. You must be 21 and older to enjoy. All right. Let's... Uh, Talk about some of our initial takeaways from that interview with Tempe Mayor Corey Woods. My first takeaway is simply as a reporter, I know it's a politician's job to be informed, to have all these facts and figures in their head, but damn, I mean, (laughs) seriously, uh, to be so on point with with, with everything around this incredibly complex deal, he he talked about it being, you know, more than 200 pages being available online. That was an incredible, incredible interview with Mayor Corey Woods. I, I appreciate him coming with all of that information and just, like I said, just being so on point. I don't think I'd be capable of doing something like that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so let me say that. Yeah. And I think that there's one thing that really was driven home at the end of this is get informed. And one of the things this panel has done over the last you know, 48, 72 hours has been informed. And once you read the information on this website and find all of the additional ancillary things that are part of this deal, like ride share, money for ride sharing and transportation and money to take care of the light rail and money for art projects of the city of Tempe, um, housing for the city of Tempe. So many benefits to the city that are outside of the scope of a hockey arena that really surprised me. And that's why, again, I'm just going to keep reiterating it until the vote May 16th, read and be informed on this because this there's a lot of money being paid out to the city of Tempe that have nothing to do with playing hockey. Yeah, it's it's beneficial to the city of Tempe. So I, I encourage people to read the deal. And, and and you're right, Craig. The amount of information he had on this, and the honesty and the willingness he was to share that and say, "Hey, here's the deal. You guys decide what the deal is. I'm not one way or the other. Here it is." And I think that 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 spoke volumes. I, I I'm really interested to see where this continues to go. And we know this is going to be an us versus them or a you and a they it's coming let's just try to weed through all that and just get the facts i think when you when you take away the airport and it sounds like we can take away the airport i'm not sure how case is going to factor into this and i i expect case to mount an opposition to this um but to me this boils down to the financial analysis and there are people on one side who are saying yeah he's over leveraged he's a he's a paper billionaire this isn't real this is going to create problems but the city did its own analysis and they have to trust that. That's that's what you have to go on. Do do any of us know one way or the other whether this is going to work out? Of course we don't. We don't. It's a major deal. This is a massive deal. People have their opinions on either side. But the city, as Corey Wood said, did its due diligence. They did an exhaustive financial analysis of the situation. And this is what they came up with. So this is how they are moving forward. And again, they're not just saying unilaterally, OK, this is what we found. So we're going ahead with this project. It's still going to voters. Yep. I just hope, as you said earlier, Petey, that people are going to vote on this. <laughs> and let's be frank, this doesn't always happen. People don't always vote from an informed perspective. Yes. I hope they vote from an informed perspective, whichever way they vote. Yeah. Yep. And he and he really got into detail there, too. A, a couple things that stood out for me. Um, obviously, we knew that they went back and forth with the coyotes there were concessions made and then this deal that we're you know you can read now on the tempe government website is the final deal but just how you know the coyotes have their agenda and so does the city so for the two sides to come together and have the deal that's you know the most beneficial the tempe city council has the interests of the tempe citizens in mind when they when they're 
you know, yeah, if they don't, they won't get reelected. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. There's there's a lot to this. So yeah. for the council to then go and vote seven nothing in favor of putting this to the voters and, and you know, passing this through in the process, giving it to the voters, they're doing so because they believe that, you know, this is the best possible deal that they can put forward to the voters. And then, of like, you know, it's the civic process. Then it's up to the voters mm -hmm. to decide. But like we said, you can find all this information. There's there's also summarized information. I'll, um, I'll throw one in the chat. It's uh, like a six page summary, like a bullet point summary of everything. Um, but just all of the financial protections and Mayor Woods was answering our questions before we could even ask them just more about the financial protections, more about the benefits for the city. Um, yeah, we have some of the, the bullet points here. These are some of the protections for the city of Tempe that you can find right now. And I'll throw that in the chat as we speak. But um, were there any others that stood out to you that he mentioned that maybe you weren't aware of before or just, you know, he expanded on more? I, I just was impressed with his ability to communicate with us, what, what this really represented. I, I thought that was clear. I thought he was honest. I, I, I wish the vote was this week <laughs> yeah, <laughs> instead. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if we'll start seeing the political ads in the morning. Um, but uh, this yeah, is, I don't this know when that campaign's going to launch. It'll be yeah. interesting to hear. And the flyers and the, the, yeah. the, the, the it's coming. And, and I'm glad that he did say the thing at the end about like, let's keep this Simple, simple and not make it about anything yeah, more than don't make it, it personal they, and i think what you agreed. what you guys both just said off, off the top like this is way more than just a hockey arena and i think people have such an association with the arizona Coyote, coyotes organization that especially people outside of arizona that they automatically associate this as something bad or or, or they don't deserve this but this is so much more than a hockey arena and, and a practice facility this ideally is, right again like you asked yes you asked if it comes to fruition, yes. but they have protections. In, in term, yeah, they do have yes. protections. But in terms of the grand plan and and hopefully, you know, all things go well, it, it's, it's way bigger than that. It's way bigger than what that. What bugs me about those critiques, and again, it's the same thing that always bugs me, right? Understand the nuance. You, from the outside, oh, another taxpayer-funded arena. These never go well in there. Judge each on its own merits, first of all. You can't just... I hate sweeping generalizations. These things never pan out. Look at the details of the deal. If you still decide, yeah, it's 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 not a good deal, okay, that's fine. But don't throw out these sweeping generalizations about past arena deals. As he noted, yeah. this is significantly different that was from others. Maybe it's not enough to tip the scales. Maybe it's not enough to tip your opinion. But this is not like other deals. You can't just throw them on, in in you know in one basket and say they're all the same. That's absurd. It's just it's quite frankly, superficial and really poor analysis of a situation. And the other thing too, Craig, is, is look at the Valley as a whole. Look at the Phoenix metro area and look how it's just, I mean, it grows. I've been here for over 20 years and guess what? The city's growing and there's something getting built every day on the <laughs> outskirts of all of this. This is some of the most valuable land yes. in the Phoenix metro area. And guess what? And I'm sorry to say this, something is going to get built there. Something. Yep. Like it, it, it is prime real estate in a growing city. Something is going to get built there. This brings revenue to the city. It brings so many uh, different opportunities. I, I'm sorry. It's not going to be a dog park. It's not going to be, hey, let's have sitting benches and look at the water. It's not. I know. It's the, the land is too valuable. Something is going to get built there. Something's going to get there that's going to impact traffic. No matter what people think in that area, something will be built there. And so the traffic is going to be increased. Noise will be increased. But 
why not put something there that's going to increase revenue to the city and bring the city all the ancillary benefits? Because to think it's going to either remain a dump or become some beautiful walkway to the lake is just, I don't think that's a realistic yeah. way of thinking. Right. A, a, a couple, it's a naive way of thinking. First off, again, informed decisions. When you move to an area like Tempe and see what hap what's happening in the city of Phoenix, this literally borders the city of Phoenix. It's near the airport. What did you think was going to happen to this area? It is going to become increasingly more urban. That's just reality. Do your research when you're thinking about living somewhere, okay? And I know maybe you've lived here 50 years and you don't like the changes. Okay, maybe it's time to move then because that's what happens in cities all over America. And until if you're moving out to a suburb, maybe you should do your homework and find out if there's going to be a freeway, if there's going to be development. <sighs> Property These values are, things, are on Craig yeah. are really do, high right do your now. homework. Because okay? Craig lives there. Don't complain about... <laughs> Things like this. Right. This, this, this is what happens, okay? Yeah. Let's, let's not be naive. Not, let's not be childlike about understanding what happens in cities, what how they develop. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere yes. in this valley. It's everywhere. Yes. And if you have concerns in the details and you do your research, you have the right to vote no. Yes. And that's yes. why I think it's really great that this ended up going to, you know, to referendum and going to the hands of the voters because if it does pass – then we can also hear and say this is what the citizens wanted, and we don't have to have a messy, right? Disastrous like you said, situation. it's ironclad. Then, it's and ironclad. I want to say one more thing, and, and I know we can move on from the interview, but hockey fans, I, I, I think we as a group, we we, we want to get all we can be informed, and I think it looks like on the surface looks like a great deal. We'd love for the arena to be in Tempe, but if this doesn't get on uh, the referendum and it doesn't get voted on this by no means. And I just want to throw this out there way into the future. This does not mean that the Coyotes are getting on moving vans and leaving the city or the Arizona yeah. area or the Phoenix Metro. Even if it doesn't, it just <sighs> deep breath. That wasn't a sign. That, that was, was actually a, a deep, deep breath, breath. <laughs> and relax. This does not mean this is, this is plan. I don't know, G or H by now, but there's IJK. Like there's more stuff. Everything will be okay, hockey fans. I just want to say that. And, and we're hopeful that this does pass because we, we all, I mean, I personally think it's a great deal for the city of Tempe. I really Yeah, do. and the Coyotes think this is the best option. Exactly. Right? Obviously, that's what they pursue okay. first. But you're right. I said my thing. You're right. There are backup options. Yep. Well, I'm going to be positive for a second. I'm going to spin the wheel of fantasy and look a few years into the future. And this is what's <laughs> happening. I'm pulling out my game time app. And I am scrolling on there to find tickets for opening night at the uh, PHNX Arena. Just kidding. The, the, he's leaving. The Ted, he's going to get the box of beer oh, while it we is. do this. Um, the, for the opening night at the Ted, Austin Matthews, Tage Thompson, uh, Matthew Nyes on a wow, line. Wow, we're getting all the Arizona boys. The Arizona line. John I, Couturier. I told you I was yeah. spinning the wheel of fantasy. The Arizona line. For the opening night at the TED. And of course, I'll do that on the Game Time app because it's the best place to buy tickets, especially when you buy them last minute. And with the Coyotes finally coming back into town, you can finally use it to go to Coyotes games, but you can also use it to go to any concert, any event, any sporting event. And when you buy on the day of a game or an event, you can save up to 60% on those tickets. And the best way to support us is by buying with the link below in our description and then let us know which event you ended up going to. And now PD is literally standing off camera holding the <laughs> the holiday, the Four Peaks holiday cheer box. And we are stoked about this because we're never, we haven't been the first ones on to get to open this. It feels this. like nobody's the first one except the Sun Devil show. Yeah. Just saying. So. Just throwing it out there. 
Go for it. PD is opening number eight. This is a beer advent calendar box that you can pick up today at Four Peaks A Street Pub. What do we All have? Right, we got a bottle. Ooh. Serious Black. Serious Black? Oh, like a Harry we Potter try thing? This. Serious Black. What is that? It is a bourbon barrel, which you guys talked about before. Vintage 2019 brick and barrel wood age small batch. Wait, show Serious it. Serious Black. Show that. That is so cool. I'm glad we got a really cool one. Steve Peters, hand model. There <laughs> yeah, it is. Not, there we go. My God, that is so cool. All right. And now here we go. Well, there. So PD's going to pour it for us. Um, it is not cold, but we will still enjoy it regardless. And if you want to pick up one of these admin calendar boxes, like I said, it's $55. It's full of beers, tall boys, moors, and, and like this. We, You know, I can't find this anywhere. So that's something you can only find in this box. Give the gift of beer this holiday season. And, uh, <laughs> Boy, howdy. We, we've been talking about this Boy, damn yeah. box for a week now, and, and we never get the opportunity. It's the ASU guys Ooh. every day getting to crack into the holiday cheer box. So today, good. it's like the only time they get up before the sun is warm is when I will they come say in this. open beer. <laughs> bourbon beer. But, ooh, that doesn't, does that smell like a beer to you? It smells like it smells a bourbon beer. Wow. All right. Boy, howdy. <laughs> Let's go. Cheers, everybody. Wow. Cheers. That is Cheers. interesting. It is. I really like that. I do too, actually. Wow. All right. Very Whoa. like. Hey, hey thanks, Sean for actually wow. letting us try a beer. <laughs> I mean, wow. Anytime. Eighth day of the advent. I'm a, I'm a very giving man. Just like Paige <laughs> Thompson gave a bunch of goals to the club. Oh, oh my oh, god. god. You still on that? I want a new producer. I'm just kidding. Um, wow, that's amazing. Wait, why are you taking I gonna, it away? I was going to sip to DP. Oh yeah, he can have some. There's a cup there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well. LFG. Moving on, before we wrap up here, a couple of quick Heidi's notes to get to. Something actually broke while we were live on of the course. show, which is something I we knew it was going to happen yeah, too. Which is something we knew <laughs> was coming, but um, now it's confirmed, and that's Dylan Gunther will be loaned to <sighs> Team Canada for the World Junior Championship uh, tournament. So yep. Dylan Gunther on his way. Where is he going? Moncton? Halifax and Moncton is where it is. Yeah, that's where where camp is, and then the the games are at Halifax. Can't get and that from here. Yeah. So and obviously we've we've been suggesting that this might happen for about a month now, really, <laughs> since he played his 10th game and they decided to keep him around. We've been telling you that this was probably going to happen and it's going to happen. Really cool opportunity. Still on the bucket list for me, guys. Oh, that is that has, as a Canadian, as a Canadian dream. dream. Well, we're going to do it. At the Ted and am the mullet. I, am I the only person yeah, here that go. has been to a World Junior Classic? You are. Well, in crazy. Buffalo? Yeah. But that, wow, yeah nice. I've been to World Junior Classics a couple times in Buffalo. Yeah, I think, and that honestly, we talk about the Ted and the mullet. It literally is perfect for a world junior tournament because you need a smaller arena and a bigger arena, smaller venue like the mullet for the smaller games. And then USA and Canada can play all their games at the Ted. I think there's a lot of people, media included, that would sure as hell like yeah, to be Arizona in Arizona in, in December. In December and January. Boy. Howdy. What's the boy howdy count yeah. right now? By so, the way, this I, I'm going to go back to this just for a second. The Serious Black, this is serious. Like it's a, a good beer. Like, I'm talking about serious? This is actually, it's a good beer. I'm going to... You know, it's, it's is this on the available verge, anymore? It's not. It's on the verge of not being a beer as much as it's also it's a, like cocktail. a cocktail. It's yeah. so I agree good. I don't know if it's still making. I'm pretty sure it was like a limited time thing at it's, once. It's pretty cool. Like another reason to get this holiday Literally go get the box just so you can drink this. That's a cocktail. like $3 a beer and it's a bunch of beers that you literally can't get anywhere else. Yeah, All right. So one more thing before we get back to day drinking here. I will have a story on Dylan Gunther as well a little later today, just sort of all the ramifications of this. So, and, and also just for, from a, 
a playing side too. I think this is great for him. He's had, you know, now a splash of NHL experience. He can go to the World Juniors where I can only imagine he's going to be a, a dominant player on team. I mean, look at the skill on Team Canada playing with future teammate Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli. Shane Wright. Is um, going Shane Wright is going. Seattle. So this will be a great opportunity for him to, you know, get to work on his game in that setting and then possibly have a, a big confidence boost from this tournament. Yep. And that's, I mean, remember when Barrett Hayden went and yeah. scored oh my God. goal, but I'll unfortunately was injured and then couldn't come back and play. That's what you hope for. Like get a massive confidence boost and then inject him right back into yeah. the lineup. But we'll, you know, there, there are other possibilities there as well. We'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll story. talk about that tournament more to come, but that, yeah. that Canadian team is a powerhouse. Oof. I'm so excited to watch the World Juniors at its rightful time of December, January. Um, I could not get mentally behind the August tournament, but I get why they did it. Uh, any other news and notes before we uh, wrap about up? it for now? We'll be I'll be covering a home game on Friday. Oh my God, a home game! Yeah, we just, finally, it, Lee and I are like the kids. They're probably all and, still sleeping. Like when mom and dad go to three thirty in the morning. Party, I hope so. And, and they're not home at night. We're, we're going to be like that trying to because like our. Father figure Craig Morgan will <laughs> be here. Isn't, Craig isn't there. <laughs> yeah, so we we're can, gonna know break open another advent So many advent calendar boxes get open tomorrow night. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, so, the they're like, where's beers nine, ten, and eleven? Oh, yeah, exactly. Sorry. Uh-oh. Oopsie. Uh, I'll blame the ASU guys <laughs> anyway. Whatever was the cleaning crew. The ASU guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've been teasing for weeks that we have a lot of exciting events coming. Um, and now I have one to share and I'm, this is news to both of you too. So I'm really excited to share this with you. So you can all join us and for diehards, you get a discount on these tickets at the inaugural PHNX tea party. That's T E E party, um, at Dobson ranch golf course. We are renting out the entire driving range. Come hang out with big drive energy, the PHNX crew and fellow diehards for a night of golf food, drinks, contests, prizes, and more. And the PHNX Suns crew will be hosting a watch party for the Suns versus Timberwolves game. You can buy those tickets. Like I said, diehards get a discount on tickets. One of the perks to becoming a diehard. So if you're not a diehard yet, become one today so you can get discounted tickets on this event. We'll have unlimited range balls. You can get a set of rental clubs, a jumbo screen showing the Suns Timberwolves game, a free hour of range time, mini games with cornhole, pickleball, ping pong, contest entries, heaters, hot chocolate, food and drink from local partners. This is going to be a blast and kids are welcome too. There's going to be a free kids clinic for all kids 10 and under. So, I mean, I cannot wait. It's Friday, January 15th, 5.30 p.m., Check the link in the description to reserve your spot right now. And for the diehards, check the Discord for your special link where you'll save 20% on this awesome event. So that, I mean, sign me up. Sign me up today. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can't wait. A little golf. <laughs> a little golf, a little food, a little drink. Sure. Drink. Got Hanging my feet out. up, by the way. I didn't do this while the mayor was here. Yeah, yeah. And beyond <laughs> beyond that, can we talk? Like, can you tell I dressed? I got our socks today, which we don't really Look know what's socks. on them. But I'm gonna go ahead and say Hanukkah gelt because they're blue and striped. I don't know, he but also, I wore socks for the mayor. He today. also is wearing his hospital shoes. I um, am. His, Look I at think. those white yeah. shoes. Gotta check the white balance the on those are in back. Right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretending I'm 25 today. That's okay. Oh my gosh! And speaking of exciting events and exciting things to do, we're 
really excited to welcome another new partner. I just, it's been a great week of, of partner announcements. That's We're killing. excited to welcome Octane Raceway and Mavericks to the PHNX well, family. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that group photo. We went out to Octane Raceway for one of our staff meetings. So much fun. We've been to Mavericks for a staff meeting as well. I've been there with my friends too. It's it's so much fun. Um, Go-kart racing, bowling, arcade, full service, food and drink menu. There's multiple bars, by the way, in Mavericks. Yeah, we, we, we got to the point where we couldn't count all the bars. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 22 bowling bars. lanes, 85 arcade games, laser tag. I've played laser tag in there. My team won, just saying. Oh, and who got on the medal stand? Oh, at the Octane At the Octane Raceway. Raceway. I believe Craig was it Craig? No, I believe you did. Craig left. Not Craig. <laughs> I believe it was Petey. And guess who beat Sean who and Totri and bowling at Mavericks? And Jacob was it on was the me. stand. And guess Frank. who won? Since it's a hockey podcast, guess who dominated the uh, air, air hockey, hockey tournament? Yours truly. Also, you're leaving out the most important detail. It's like the brick oven pizza stove that they have at Mavericks. Their pizza is elite. Fucking crazy. It's oh like my gosh! Wow. Actually, very good. Didn't expect it. Pleasant surprise. All I was right. just impressed with the multiple bars because I started. Co- I stopped counting at three, and, <laughs> and there were more. Just in Mavericks, just there's and there's some outside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and lastly, I'll say because my son, as we're getting close to the holidays, my son's in his twenties, and this is something my son and I can actually do together and and yeah. kind of be fun. So it's a father son thing, and I know it's the holidays. It's so think about father son stuff because there aren't many things that old men like me can do with their twenty year old kid. <laughs> This is one of them. Great thing to do with your friends. Great place to host an event. And they have daily specials as well. $15 unlimited fun pass on Monday. 50% off taco trios on Tuesday. Half price arcade games on Wednesday. $20 beer buckets on Thursday. Trivia night on Friday. And then, 50, and then 50% off bowling before noon on Saturday and Sunday. So you, any day you go, you can find a, a great deal at Mavericks and Octane Um We've had so much fun out there, so come check it out for yourself. I'm have to rig that trivia from I know, I'm thinking, buddy, can we go do that? Like what if 70s we do, era, um, 80s era trivia. What if we do hockey trivia? Can do hockey right. trivia. We would dominate. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. LFG. All right. Well, this was a great show today. Thank you again to Tempe Mayor Corey Woods for joining us and being so generous with his time. Mm. Um, again, so much information. If you're just tuning in, go back and watch the interview with Mayor Woods. It was phenomenal, um, and, and we really can't thank him enough uh, for his time today. So we're going to get off air here, finish drinking this beer, maybe pop open another one in the, our beer fridge over here. But until then, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Hit the like button on this video. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow each of us on Twitter, at Craig S. Morgan, at Leah Merrill, at S. Peters Hockey, and at Sean underscore to pause. Follow PHNX Sports across all socials, including on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and you can follow PHNX Coyotes on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We'll be back tomorrow night for the post-game show, the first home game post-game show in in forever. Uh, So tune in then, and until then, everybody, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you ought to, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... 
Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.